The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who one day will go bang, zoom, straight to the moon. Welcome, Jacob. Oh man! Now you got now the back now back to the future is in my head. Thank you very much. That's not a bad thing either. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> if I was actually more of a Jackie Gleason show fan, I would feel perturbed that that's how you know this. But, <laughs> but anyways, why? Thank you. Let me use our co-host, a man who is just looking for a meal and winds up be, befriending that snack. Welcome, Jordan. Did I befriend him, or did I just lure him into a false sense of security? You're just wrong, dude. That's what I was thinking at the end of this. <laughs> Grant, this, this is not a full Tom and Jerry situation, no. so I really don't know. Anywho, yeah, and Honeymooners, not Jack Gleason Show. Honeymooners. Honeymooners, thank you. Hey, thank you. Sorry, I got that wrong, Kurt. Anyway... Tonight, we are ending Indie Shorts Month mm-hmm. with a look at two uh, shorts. One being a short story of a fox and a mouse, mm-hmm. and the other being one small step. So, uh, yeah, why don't we go ahead and jump straight into that? Yeah. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the short story, short films. I did this correct the entire rest of the week. This yeah. month, whatever. A short story of a fox and a mouse. And one small step. Listener discretion is advised. A short story of a fox and a mouse. And yes, that is the full name of this. Mm-hmm. Was directed by Camille Chakes, Hugo Jean, Juliet Jordan, Marie Pillar, and Kevin Roger. And that's all the cast and crew information I have for this. Ah, okay. Uh, synopsis real quick. Uh, a lonesome fox hunts a mouse and their relationship will evolve as two owls interfere with the hunt. Mm-hmm. What do you got for info and stuff? On info this and stuff. Uh, IMDb is a 6.6.3 out of 10. Available to watch on YouTube. Its release date was in... F- Where did this first originate? France, I'm guessing, because this looked like French text on this. Yeah, it's French. Plus, with a name like... With names like Marie and Hugo and Camille. I mean, it's either American or it's French. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh... It debuted, uh, or it came to life on September 3rd, 2015, produced by, I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize, El Col Soup de, 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 yeah, again, I'm going to butcher it. So may um, I? Uh, let me try. Okay. Let me try. El Col Supera de Metra Artisquistia. Well, I'm probably close pushing. enough. Close enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. We are not I'm, French. I'm, yeah, I am not French, but you um, have some Cajun heritage, which is the closest you get. But yeah, I'm certainly not. <laughs> but uh, if if I did butcher that uh, production name, I do apologize. And so that is all I had because that's it. Yeah, it's and the it was one just, thing about project. these uh, about these shorts is there's like little to no information yes. on any of this. But stuff. they're so good. But they are so good. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually really did enjoy this. The minute I saw the owls, though, I figured they were going to actually be the antagonists mm-hmm. because my first thought was, 
owls eat mice. I think I knew owls ate mice better than I knew owl the foxes ate mice. Mm. Just because you know, I know owls are predators like that. I've never even heard of a fox eating a mouse. Not that I'm going to say they don't. Right. But I was like, that's not the best place to stand, little mouse, to hide from the fox. <laughs> well, I don't think the fox. I mean, the the mouse actually didn't quite realize that they were they were owls there, and then he just played along with it, Maybe. and then realized, oh. They could actually eat me. <laughs> that that's like one of their mice are an owl's natural prey, mm-hmm. to my understanding. But what I really enjoyed about this was the uh the physics with the fur. Oh yeah. This is some of the best fur physics I've seen in a long time, including uh when they get out of that the the, the freezing water, mm-hmm. because there is a difference between how fur moves when it's you know dry of course yes wet in like normal weather and wet when it's freezing cold outside yes there is a difference yes there's a big and how that goes as i was like that actually looks like it's cold wet fur grats guys i was not expecting the fur to look that good i Mm -hmm. was expecting this to stay more stylized but uh, yeah, I really enjoy. I really thought the uh, the fur physics and the snow physics in this, mm-hmm. I thought were done very well. I mean, to some degree, the snow here gives Frozen a bit of a run for its money. Uh, yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, what are your thoughts? Anima- like animation wise, this is done very well. Very done. Very done. Very well done. You you have it's it's a um, minimalist cast, but like there's really no voice acting except for hooting and growling and squeaking yeah. and that kind of stuff and that could very easily just be from a sound effects pack yeah and the the fact to be like everything with definitely with this being a college project or mm-hmm. a student project you you are using more of the elements you're using the the models to tell your story the expressions of the characters and i love these little shorts because it's it allows the artist to stretch their mm-hmm. um their skills as yeah. an artist and with this be like it's just punch after punch when we talk about fur uh fur animation snow animation mm-hmm. you know effects general like that like the uh when the the both the fox and the the mouse pop out of the pop out of the snow be like yeah. it's so well it looks realistic it looks mm-hmm. so realistic that it's oh, okay be like obviously you can tell these are they're stylized characters the the character designs are very stylized but the fur looks like it's spot on yeah and fit and stays within that stylized conceptual uh look very Mm -hmm. well yeah fur dynamic and like all uh, like like the uh elemental um parts of this just look so Mm -hmm. amazing uh and then you get more of your comedy relief slash protagonist and the owls yeah who, you have one who is the kind of the peaking peaking in the brain dynamic there is a bit of a pinky in the brain the, there's there's the ooh, i'm real serious and the, the really tall ones the goofy one it's like i don't know what's going on but okay and uh the it's not like right in your face but you can kind of tell that was the personalities they went with yeah, a little bit owls. a little bit um again re- like again thoroughly enjoyable thoroughly um just uh, a joy to watch the the point where you have the fox and the mouse who are um contrary to each other be like the, they're just be like they're trying to survive 
and they want to put getting themselves in a situation where they have to rely on one another mm-hmm. and they wind up becoming friends uh, or you know commandant camarade what's the russian word for um, comrade comrade you know comrades <laughs> and i just feel I, I find the dynamic of these two characters even though they're not speaking they're not anthropomorphic uh we we don't get this really deep rich story of these two but it's just told visually so impeccably well done i'd be like i'm just thoroughly impressed with this it is so well done mm-hmm. um that's a gap if anybody goes like go see it this is a go watch it's on youtube and basically anywhere you like you just yeah, pretty much any youtube place you any yeah. place youtube is you can go check it out there yeah. so well done so well done highlight just like high just high bar this mm-hmm. is so well done and uh, like it, like the the point I want to get, like I was trying to say earlier, with the uh, the point where the the fox and the mouse that come out of the snow and the 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 snow elements, I'm probably forgetting how to say a word. But um, the 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 snow effects, the snow mm-hmm. effects, the particle effects, particle effects. Thank you. Particle effects are done so incredibly well mm-hmm. that. Like it looks like snow because there again, these characters they are more of a stylized version of a fox and a mouse. Yeah, but it's just done so well. Be like the way the the snow rolls off the figures and the way they pop up and it, the the way it moves, the dynamics and everything. It's just done so well. And uh, like if you took a snap, like a like a screenshot it with with a HD resolution, it would just mm-hmm. look brilliant because it's done to such a, co- a caliber of animation and detail it's done so incredibly well and i just like yes amazing all right shall we move on to the next one uh don't we need to rank this first oh yeah we do sorry what's your rank i'm giving this uh eight eight point oh eight point it's uh the animation is great the storytelling is done very well with uh with no with no dialogue i i fully understood what was going Mm -hmm. on uh, the only reason I'm not rating it any higher, I, I guess, is just because I I really don't understand where the friendship came between the fox and the mouse. Yes, the fox saved the mouse, so I understand the mouse is feeling more camaraderie with the fox, but I don't know why the fox is not so hungry for the mouse. That's just a weird little thing on my end, but... I'm not feeling the Tom and Jerry relationship. This is kind of mirroring. I, I can see that, but I also can see where the two characters are bailing each other out of situations. Yeah, and I get that. Sure. The mouse did save the Fox somehow. Uh, <laughs> it, that was weird. How, how it, well, it, it got the ice where, it, where the Fox could swim back up, but the Fox yeah. didn't look like he was swimming back up. It kind of, he came back out kind of in a Fox X Machina sort of a thing. Yeah, agreed. That, that 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 does feel a little weird, but you it know, does. I I still, I still enjoy the story for what it is. Yes. So yeah, I'm giving it an eight out of ten. I'll give it a nine because again, I love the animation, I love the storytelling. The uh, Fox Day Machina is I'll be like, once you said that, as like, okay, I can't get that out of my head now. Yeah, Fox but X Machina. Fox X Machina. Um. <laughs> This was done, be like, it's very well done. The story's done. The storytelling's done. Uh, particle effects, everything. Be like a, a, a group of students who poured 
a lot of passion, a lot of love, a lot of sweat into creating this. And it's done so professionally that it, it has contender to other, dare I say it, more modern studio films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nine. It's amazing. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into the next one. Mm-hmm. One Small Step, which was written and directed by Andrew Chesworth and Bobby Pontillis. It was also written by Trent Corey and Shafu Zhang. Uh, in this one, we follow the story of Luna, a Chinese-American girl who dreams of becoming an astronaut. Yes. And that's all I've got for it. Gotcha. All right. So IMDb is a 7.3 out of 10, available to watch on YouTube. Um, release date was on June 25th, 2018. Produced by Takoi. Am I saying that right? I'm guessing it's Taikao. Taikai. Taiko. 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 Taik, not Taiko. Yeah, Taiko. Well, you're thinking of Taito. But that's Taiko. That's right. Yeah. Taiko. I'm thinking okay. it rhymes with Taito, which okay. is a, uh, a a Japanese video game developer. Okay, that makes sense. Taiko, Taiko Studios. Yeah, and that's about it. That's about all I found. On yeah. Uh, this one, I actually was I, for some reason I was thinking this was going to be shorter than it was. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to like end with when it started i was i was the way i was expecting it was like they're gonna she's a little girl dreams of going to the moon Mm -hmm. and uh i expected it to end after her imagination kind of ended as she went to sleep for the night and then i figured oh that'll be the end of the short because that's sometimes how these things go sometimes yeah and then we get like the next two-thirds of it yes and it's like oh this is what the story is about about this girl trying to achieve her dreams and of course we're getting knocked down over and over again because she's just not quite ready yet or mm-hmm. just it, well, that's just how life goes sometimes yes and she the, the, throughout the whole thing she's getting support from her, i'm assuming her grandfather father i couldn't tell if it was father or grandfather to be honest I, i'd be like but i'm gonna also go with it doesn't matter which one it is yeah uh but you know he he uh is a shoe uh, a cobbler technically yeah, he's a cobbler uh, a shoe repair person and apparently kept every single one of her shoes, mm-hmm. which I is both sweet and kind of, oh, that's odd. <laughs> but I, he's he's a shoemaker. I yeah. get that. Uh, and he did make her some uh, moon boots for mm-hmm. her to play in as a kid. Uh, but then when she finally gets to the moon as, at the very end of it, I mean, after he dies. Yeah. And that gives her the strength to to push on after a very short depressive episode yeah. knowing that he believed in her. And, uh, I don't, this is a very sweet story by it the is. end of it. Uh, about very this young girl, yeah. yeah, about this young girl trying to achieve her dreams and the support that she had. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts uh, before I go off for a while? <laughs> this is a brilliant, very, very beautiful, very moving, very touching, uh, piece of animation that I've seen before. And I think I mentioned even on the podcast before. I think I remember you posting it on the page I like did. a couple years ago. Yeah. I think back when it actually um, it came out. When it came out, because we started in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. So this came out that same year. So, no, it came out a year before. I apologize. Well, um, when you saw it and posted it, it was yeah. a little bit in 2019. Yes. So, yeah. Either or. 
Uh, this is just brilliant. I mean, like it's it's the story of this little girl who wants to be astro- wants to go to the moon, wants to be an astronaut, and her father, grandfather, whoever the man is to her, uh, is encouraging. And you you see their their development as uh, a fam- as you know father daughter or grandfather mm-hmm. granddaughter uh, dynamic grow, and uh, you see as she um, grows as a young girl into young adult like a young teenager into her teenage years into her college years, you find that like she spends less and less time with him, and uh, you find that he is continually trying to encourage her, mm-hmm. and you see. Uh, the uh, oh, what's what's a good word for that? Uh, uh, age starting to creep up on him. Yeah, like just every he's getting other, older. He's getting older. He's getting older throughout the entire like the 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 moments he's in the in the short, and it's just so breathtaking. It's like they put so much little detail into mm-hmm. the the Luna when she's young in her young teenage years into her college years and uh, her ambition to become an astronaut and being rejected over and over and over again. And her father or grandfather is constantly encourage her. And then uh, she comes home. And now that he's like, he's passed away and this has devastated her life. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so moving. Cause I sat there first time. I'm like, Oh my gosh. That point where you realize that he passed away. Yeah. That, that point when she opens the door, like she always does mm-hmm. the lights off, the cane is, is laying on the floor, mm-hmm. obviously unused. Yeah. And then she runs upstairs, which my first thought on that was like, if he left the cane downstairs, how did he get all the way upstairs? <laughs> but yeah, that that's, Obviously, there must there's be other people living in the house besides those two. These are just the only two we ever see. Mm. But uh, I, I I thought that was a that was very powerful. How yes, uh, you realize just with like so little information, you realize mm. oh he's either sick or he's dead. One of the two. Yeah, he's terminally ill. Yeah, at the very least. And it's just like this br- brilliant where you see this this. Uh, how loss can lead to the depression mm-hmm. and where she kind of gives up and that, that spark of inspiration has kind of uh, subsided in her for, you know, the, the moment and the, like probably within like months and uh, with, for us as matter of seconds, but it's this brilliant thing of like our character goes from joy and the sadness and she, her, her spark is reignited when she stumbles across the, mm-hmm. uh, the box of shoes her father grandfather um, had continually made her shoes and kept them for her, um, like like any good parent be like they're going to keep some kind of thing of their child to remind them or it's just like this is something that you know happened mm-hmm. and uh, the the point of where she finds her inspiration and finds her spark again yeah. is when she takes hold of the uh, the little astronaut boot yeah and. Uh, she's reinvigorated through that but like what her father grandfather uh had done for her and her, her his constant encouragement to her to never mm-hmm. give up on her dreams and uh eventually she does you know become an astronaut becomes on the moon and it's just so sweet and touching it's just so well done so well done it's beautiful it's breathtaking 
it's touching it's uh heartbreaking like at moments mm-hmm. but encouraging the exact same way of never giving me your dreams and i think that's a lot for us we we have this like we have this um cataclysm event happen in our lives where it it brings us into it um it causes it causes us to you know want to give up on our life and give up on our dreams, mm-hmm. but um, like when we have encouragement, or if you like a Christian like we do, we uh, rely on our relationship with Christ to uh, sustain us through those through those uh, dark times and those dark errors and dark seasons. Um, eventually, you do find yourself on the other other side of that um, that chasm. Yeah. Or. Um, um, yeah, and you just you find you find that encouragement to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's always that one more step, that yeah. one more step. If it's a small step, it's a large step. Um, I'm reminded of a Frozen Two when uh, Anna is coming to that realization that uh, Elsa's no longer there, and Olaf has disappeared. It'd be like he's gone. He like he's gone. Uh, Elsa's gone. And she is singing the song about be like it's just be like even though everything hurts, be like it's just taking one more step. Yeah, so, you know, taking that one more step to move forward, mm-hmm. and just not stopping. And um, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to see you know when creators can do something like that in such a small amount of time to tell such a detailed and beloved, like such a loving story mm-hmm. with that. It's so moving and so encourage i'm going to say encouraging all the time because it is and it is so well done i love this it's so good all right yeah well uh what are you going to rate this then oh it's it's a 9.5 i'm going to give it a nine actually okay uh i do enjoy this it's very touching mm-hmm. and being a space kid growing up i can understand you know the 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 pull of space that she feels throughout all this and how much and let's face it we've all, we've all had things we've reached for oh yeah uh and get n- pretty much knocked out of our hands over and over again mm-hmm. uh and the and and i i felt that throughout the whole thing uh and then finally you know her main support does get kicked out from under her with it, that she doesn't even realize is there and then when she finds that uh, collection of her shoes and then finds the, the moon boot mm. is clearly it, it, that obviously that's how I, I keep seeing that is the moon. Yes. Boot. Uh, and how that kind of gives her the boost that she really needed. Mm-hmm. How she realized that there was, that support was always there. That love for her was always there. Even when she wasn't reciprocating. Yeah. And how that pushed her forward. Mm-hmm. And to, to finally achieve her dream, uh, I I thought it was brilliant. To be mm-hmm. honest, it, it's, it's very well done. The, the team did a good job here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely giving it a nine point Excellent. Um, I'm feeling I'm going to reiterate everything I've just said about this. Like <laughs> gushing, I'm over this thing. Yeah, but it is brilliant. Go watch it. Indeed. Go, go watch it on repeat. It's good. So. Uh, that brings us to the end of our review section yes. for this. So what are we doing next week? Next week is a very special episode of yes. the Cellcast podcast mm-hmm. because 
It's going to be our fifth year anniversary of the podcast. Yay! Those of you watching the, the Facebook page earlier this week will know I posted a memory of our first recording session. Yes. But this is closer to when the first episode was actually released. I yes. said closer because I think technically it was like the second uh-huh. or the third was the actual release date. Yes. But this is the first episode of February. That mm. That's what counts. So, yeah, join us next week as we party for our fifth year anniversary. We really, really know what we're doing besides what we've normally done for yeah, all our anniversary exactly. episodes so far. But, uh, yeah, join us for that. Uh, and, of course, next week we won't. We will also not be doing an Evangelion thing. We'll take a week off from that. Mm-hmm. But we will be doing some more Evangelion uh, at the end of this show. Plus, on the other side of those bumpers, we'll get to talking about what we've been watching and uh, if the news, if we have anything. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out Playing Games with Strangers. Playing Games with Strangers is a family-friendly actual play podcast where indie voice actors get together and play tabletop role-playing games. You can listen to the adventures unfold as they roll dice, slay monsters, and have fun all at playinggameswithstrangers.com. And uh, they just finished their first campaign, so be sure if you've not listened to it, go back and uh, binge that whole saga, Hmm. all 100 episodes of it. I think it's 100 episodes. Either way. Uh, so yeah, go check them out. The Cellcast would also like to thank the following patrons. Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPatters.com, and Edwin Gonzalez. If you would like your name read out on the show, uh, special uh, artwork from Jacob, and uncut episodes, along with, there there are still three spots available on, tw- on our 2024 uh, patron picks. Uh, at the ten dollar level, you can do that. So go check that out if you want to do that. So Jacob, I have a question for you. Mm. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Quite a bit. It's uh, been a week and a half. I it's hope. been a week and a half. Watch something. <laughs> I have. Uh, so I started watching One Piece on Netflix just because it was like, you know what? Be like a live action one. No. The original anime. The original anime. Cheesy is all out. Well, I mean, yes, the it's shown season was made in, in like 1998. Yeah. I feel like it's it's interesting. It's you know and you're yeah, very, you're, and you're definitely not getting the four kids version. No, thankfully, no. It's on Netflix, so no. Uh, so I watched a little bit of that. Had the, the the pirate rap by itself <laughs> over here. But. That would be funny. That would be funny. Uh, so I started watching uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated because a friend of our friend of our show, friend of the show, Chase, uh, had been just gushing all over this like beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And I finally sat down and watched it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's not kidding. This is yeah. an amazing show. But it's 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 unlike any other Scooby Doo show I have ever seen. And. Uh, it's the point where it's, it's this overarching mystery of what's going on. It's not just, um, uh, which is episode by episode. Yeah. Episode. 
but this has like an overarching story. It's, it's got this um, serialized serialized. It's very serialized. Be like, it's, it's like you're doing different. Um, there, there's like, obviously you're dealing with like, you know, you know, weekly issues or something like mm-hmm. that. The weekly, you know, the weekly, uh, uh, dastardly villain who the, yeah. who the gang had to stop. Uh, but there's this, not snidely whiplash. No, but there's this overarching story of like this mysterious key in this organization within the town and this and this and this brutally done. And uh, I, I, I was just, I was blown away and I still want to continue to watch it because I think it's three seasons. I believe three or two. I'm not sure how many seasons yeah. it is. Yeah. But overall, highly recommend go watching uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated on Netflix. It's relatively, it's relatively available and it is just a joy to watch. And I can't wait to get more into it because it's so well done. And another one that I started on Tuesday and I finished. Uh, no, it started on Tuesday and I finished it on Thursday. Masters of the Universe Revolu- Revelation. No, Revolution. Sorry, Revolution. I always get that wrong. There is a difference between Revelation and Revolution. Yes, I agree. It's this follow-up from Revelation. Revolution. Revelation. <laughs> I, I'm going to get these mixed up if I don't look at it correctly. I apologize. But uh, it's the follow-up to Masters of the Universe Revelation. And this is Revolution. And it picks up where the story kind of left off. Uh, it's, it's done brilliantly. It'd be like the, the first or revelation revelation had little bits of issue and people just hated this thing, hated mm-hmm. it left and right. I can see why they hated it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I endorsed it here on the show and, uh, we finally got another season. We only got part one. We only got part one of it right now. And, um, I am hoping and praying because I, I watched all five episodes and I binged the crap out of it. Because normally I don't binge things. I normally mm. never do. And I binged it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Because they they bring in Hordak. Uh, if you're a He-Man fan, you know who I'm talking about. And uh, which brilliant would be like they, they cast um, Kevin Davis or David Kevin Davis. I'm saying that right. Goliath. Keith Davis? Keith Davis. I'm sorry. Keith Davis. Keith Davis is as a... Uh, <laughs> I'm just mixing everything. I, mean, I think I, it's Keith Davis. It's Keith Davis. It's, it's Keith. Keith. I know that. I'm yeah, not sure Keith, the last name It's now. Keith Davis. Keith Davis as Hordak. Brutally done. And uh, David. Keith David. Keith David. I apologize. Keith David. And uh, another character shows up in the... He's mentioned in the first episode, but you see him at the very end of the first episode. And... Um, He's voiced by William Shatner. And once I saw this character, I was like, oh, no, because I know who this character is. Be like, if I said um, Keldor, would you know who I'm talking about? No. Okay. Does he talk like this? Kind of. When he's uh, talking to Hordak and skeletor this is the wrong thing isn't it no it's 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 bill Sh- william shatner yes they like doing the whole william shatner bit yeah but he's not he's not him talking like this kind of mr kind of. spock yes set it, phasers uh, on stun yes <laughs> yes i i <laughs> but it's it's so well done be like he shows up and it's like oh because the, there's this idea of 
uh, do you accept the the uh, the scepter or the sword? Be like mm-hmm. the whole premise is the entire first first act, this first part of the series, and uh, it's brilliantly done. And we get this big revolution revelation from our one of our our main baddies, and it's like, oh, this will this is okay. This like he's him, and he it's all brilliant brilliantly done and throughout the like the rest of it you get these flashbacks to this character mm-hmm. and there there's one scene there's one scene in particular that they cut to that from a certain movie we've reviewed within the masters of the universe uh franchise they did a flashback to he-man and she-ra secret of the sword they did i thought this was like a rebooted thing it is but they multiverse re- they, gotcha. no they reference it to a certain scene in that movie. Mm. And I'm like, because like the entire time, be like, you see Hordak and he seems to be holding something. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, please say they're going to do it. So it goes throughout the entire thing. I think the third act is a little bit crunchy, a little bit here and there. Yeah. Because you have, um, you have these, um, elements in which a character has to combine in order to uh recreate something Mm -hmm. and uh i have a little bit of issue with that because it's more of a uh bahala situation where only the the great heroes go Ah. and everybody else goes to saturnia which i'm like really so if 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 you if you do something noble and you know uh fight courageously be like you get to go have an internal reward where everybody else go Everybody else gets to go to Hades. But don't you glad we don't believe that? Oh, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. So be like it it ends with this um like everything just like falls into place and oh I really don't need that. Where it like helps the characters, you know, to kind of move forward and the whole mm-hmm. bit. It's it's kind of clunky a little bit. So it ends. And we we get this, oh, okay, be like, oh, the, the villains defeated, we think. And then you get these, like, it ends, and then you get this post-credit scene and another post-credit scene where another character shows up. And I'm like, I'm like, I am literally screaming at my at my screen and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, what is that character's name? Despera? If if I say Despera, would you know who I'm talking no. about? Okay. I didn't watch He-Man. Okay, up. okay. Just just checking. Just checking. Be like, I I'd be like, they, they showed this character. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna do it. They're freaking gonna do it. <laughs> because there again, they used a flashback from He-Man and Shira's Secret of the Sword, which is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like I freaking lost it. It was so good. So yeah, if you uh watched He-Man or Masters Universe Revolution Revelation and you have interest in watching this, watch this. It's five episodes. Uh hopefully the next second part will come out and they will get all this despair thing. And which if they do it, oh my gosh. I, I do I do it as a mad props to uh Kevin Smith who wrote this. Mm, amazing incredible writing just like everything about it i loved uh a little chunky here and there but 
overall i loved it it was so good and i cannot wait for the second part to come out because i'm like ooh, excited i can tell nah <laughs> but uh yeah that's what i'm watching this must be what it's like for him when i'm geeking out about star trek yes <laughs> <laughs> but this was so good oh my gosh because they're gonna he like he made a master universe was one of the shows i loved as a kid and because uh, i remember very distinctly back when i was a kid uh because we go to my grandparents in louisiana mm -hmm. and we were given like uh like drawing pads given drawing pads yeah so my little brothers would be scribbling in the corner i'm trying to draw he-man and battle cat mm -hmm. and i was doing a pretty good job for a five year six seven year old <laughs> but uh yeah well i saw that and i was like oh my gosh because they're leaking the the movie with the dc comics and all this other stuff i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> this is so good come on give me the second part that's all i want come on yeah that's what i'm watching all right all right what have you been watching playing and or listening to well as you know i've been going back through <laughs> uh star trek the original series yes uh Today, I saw an episode that I could have sworn was in season three, but I was wrong in terms of its actual where it actually was. But oh. it ought to be in season three, as bad as it is. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird episode. I, I was reading the synopsis on it and I going, OK, yeah, I don't remember this one. Mm. I must not have ever watched it. And it it um, it starts going, OK, this has a weird beginning because i mean every once in a while they throw a picture of uh like a nebula or something yes. off the screen and play music and have it zoom in and out while everyone's you know going crazy and going what the crap is going on and then they finally get down to the planet where that where suddenly life has appeared where there wasn't life before mm -hmm. and i see this flying saucer looking craft and well this episode <laughs> this is the stupid episode what's this i thought this was season three and granted it's it's stupid because it's poorly written okay <laughs> it's one yeah. of those it's it's one of those it's out of place where it is i mean spock's brain is better than this <laughs> um and and what's bad what's bad about it is that kirk and crew including spock take forever to figure out what the crap's going on. We figure out very quickly that this guy is changing places with himself. Mm -hmm. Two versions of our two versions of himself are switching yeah. places. And maybe that's just genre savviness. Maybe yeah. it's just because, you know, one has a, 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 a bandage on his head and the other doesn't. I don't know. And it takes him forever to figure this out. And. Okay. There's a point where Kirk says this guy's name, Lazarus, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, Kirk, when did he tell you his name? Did I miss that? Like literally in the, because uh, I, I watched with closed captioning on. In the captioning, it when uh, because in the previous thing, Kirk had said, let's go see what our guest, who this unexpected guest is. Mm -hmm. It literally lists him as guest. It's like, okay, this is supposed to be the other guy. And I'm watching the scene and going, Kirk, he never said his name. How did you know his name to cry it out? Mm -hmm. What the crap is going on? It's 
the name of the episode. I think I don't think I said the name of the episode, which is the alternative factor. Oh. And it, if you've never heard of matter and antimatter before, this does a good way of kind of explaining how they work in at least in Star Trek. Fair. You know how they cancel each other out violently. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm watching this going. Oh, the, the, even the remastering did not help this the special effects in this at all. Because every time he, th- this guy transfers between universes, it shows him fighting himself in this weird, um, what do you call it when the color inverted, inverted yeah. colored room? Yeah. Except it's all uh, purple and pink and blue pastels. Oh wow, which is like weird. And mm-hmm. I'm watching going. Couldn't y'all fix this in the remaster to make this look, I don't know, good? <laughs> why does this look like, why did you recreate this effect exactly the way they did it? I know that's part of what they were trying to do was not, you know, to to to, to show off the, to, to, to be say as true as they could to the director's visions for the episode. Uh-huh. But good night, y'all could have fixed something here. I mean, at least when y'all did Space Seed, y'all put in like more pictures of the Botany Bay and actually showed it getting uh, uh it being righted and the the tractor beam and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is just like, are you sure you're not editing this on VHS? Because this looks like VHS to me. Except this would be pre-VHS, so uh, so literally cutting it together on film. Uh, and great, it's not that it's bad. It's just, sure. oh, this could have been better. And I know what you're thinking. Well, maybe they just use the original effects and just no, no, no. I looked it up. They redid the effect on this little on this guy guy fighting himself room. Yeah, and it's like y'all couldn't have made it look better. Now, granted, I understand with the picture and stuff, they might not have been able to do as much with that if all they have was the completed shot but this whole thing with the blue and purple i'm going this looks like my little pony hawked loogie is what this looks like wow (laughs) it's the only explanation i go up with on it uh so yeah that was a weird episode i can imagine i also saw some other good ones this week uh space c which introduced con um and a couple other ones i've i remember hearing about but having never watched saw the first episode with the klingons oh in their full um caucasian men in mexican makeup wearing uh mongolian goatees look that they had at the time and no bumps no bumps no 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 bumps (laughs) uh the original klingons were a trip guys yeah Uh, i've seen so yeah, I watched, I saw those. Um, I uh, did see a science fiction movie this week, a classic one that I had not seen before. Okay. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, that's a good one. It is good. And it was the uh, director's version that came out in 98. Yeah. I think Spielberg, Spielberg put that out, which... It takes what Spielberg liked from both the other two cuts they did, but left out the uh, aliens, the, the shot inside the thing from the special edition that came out like afterwards, because mm-hmm. that was a stupid shot in the, anyway, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that was actually a really good movie. Uh, and I remember wa- I was watching it and going, good night. This is a really good transfer. Yeah. And then I saw that it was redone in 98 and go, oh, that's why it's a new, good transfer. <laughs> y'all were already planning for DVD and wanted it to look good. Uh-huh. So y'all did a full remaster up to, the- up to theater and that's why it looks good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I-, I-, I watched that. I hadn't seen it before. I, th- I enjoyed it. Uh, saw a lot of old television this week. Uh, I was out of town, of course, you know, at the beginning of this weekend. Mm-hmm up in the frozen north of the panhandle of texas for and for a couple days there it was frozen uh not ice thankfully but it was cold Mm. it was below freezing um and then uh came here and been playing a lot of final fantasy 14 Uh because i've got time and i'm able to catch up on some things and then i got to thinking you know, the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out soon, and I still need to play the uh, uh, DLC that came out on Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then I go and download everything, and I go and go, oh, my file, did, my, my save file did not transfer. Uh-oh. And it says I could go back and transfer and upload it from the one we did, except... You have that PS4 now, and I wiped that hard drive clean before I gave it to you. <laughs> so I'm playing back through Final Fantasy VII Remake <laughs> again, <laughs> and I swear they've added some stuff since I played through it. That is not weird. not a lot, just more like contextually. Yeah, I've only just gotten back down to the Sector Seven slums, uh, and I. But there was a part of they were going. I don't remember this long scene with Sephiroth. I know there was a scene with Sephiroth, but I thought it was a short, kind of a jump scare sort of a thing. And I didn't go, it was like, this scene's going going on for five minutes where Sephiroth is trying to beg me to save the Earth by running away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the crap is going on? But uh, yeah, I, I am playing back through that. And I forgot how actually fun, good fun that game actually is. Yeah. I think when I... Do finish that thing. I am going to play through the Intergrade DLC. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll be available to come over and watch that, but you'll at least be able to watch the VOD, if nothing else. Exactly. And uh, then I may stream the Rebirth. I don't know. I haven't thought decided on that yet. Huh. But we'll give that time. I may not do it immediately. Right. But uh, I may do that at a later date. Uh, other than that, I think that's all I've been doing outside okay. of what we needed for the show. Right. Oh, I, I, I watched a lot of the original Adams Family earlier in the week, too. Really? Yeah. The What I call the, the real Adams Family. I know everyone from our generation yeah. does not think, thinks the Adams Family started with the, uh, the 80s or 90s film. I don't remember when that yeah, first 90s. one was. Mm-hmm. I know that's what our generation thinks is the Adams family. Yeah. No, I went to the real Adams family, which is the one from the sixties with Sean, a- with John Aston as a uh, Gomez, you know, Sean, uh, Samwise Gamgee's a- uh, daddy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sean Aston, mm-hmm. who plays Samwise Gamgee in Lord yeah. of the Rings, his dad, John Aston played Gomez okay. in the original Adams. Family. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and that's like the main thing I know I can point people to, uh, but it, I, I actually think I enjoy that show far more than I thought I did. 
I enjoyed it far more than I did the uh, first animated movie. Okay. So, but the, but it was anyway, I think that's all I've been watching. Okay. What do we got in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dilit. And the only bit of news is a lot of Miyazaki. A lot of Miyazaki. So let me explain. So Japanese animated master Hayao Miyazaki overwhelmingly proved his he is is very much a living contemporary legend with his latest film, The Heron and The Boy and the Heron. Uh, Fresh off its historical win at the Golden Globes as a as the first non-English language pick for best animated feature uh the fantasy adventure the fantasy adventure has set additional box office records as it continues to run uh run its course through theaters worldwide uh first the top grossing non-fiction uh non-franchise anime release in north america with 42 million dollars the first non-franchise anime anime uh anime film and Miyazaki first film to hit number one in the United States and Canada. Miyazaki's uh, highest grossing title in the UK and Ireland with three point with uh, $4.9 million converted into the U S surpassing uh, 2003 spirited away with 1.1 million yen. The second, the second highest grossing anime of all time in the UK, Ireland behind 1998's Pokemon, the first movie, with 111.7 million yen, which opened in those countries in 2000. The highest-grossing animated film uh, released in Italy with 3.4.3 million dollars, reported beating the previous holder, previous record holder, three days into its run. The third highest, the third highest, highest anime opening. Anime opening in all time in Germany, the highest grossing non-franchise animated release of all times in Japan, 56 million. Studio Ghibli's box office uh, opening in Japan with uh, 1.8 million yen converted into tw- uh, 13.2 million in, in the U.S., surpassing Howl's Moving Castle with 1.5 billion yen. Uh, 3D IMAX uh, uh, record holder in Japan uh, 44 screens of 1.7 million uh, the critically acclaimed movie accomplished all this in this <coughs> all in the, with brilliant marketing relying this uh, the sheer pull of Miyazaki and Hyatt and uh, Studio Ghibli's 
it's like yeah this movie has done amazing in theaters globally and mm-hmm. here in the united states and globally it is just made bank and yeah that's all i can find all unless right. you got something else depends does tokusatsu count as animation kind of didn't we already do a a movie over did we do godzilla we've not done any godzilla yet oh we got close because i mean uh nate no i'm trying to think of that uh that halloween movie we did about a year back frankenweenie frankenweenie uh, did have pretty much camera in it yeah agreed (laughs) uh but we haven't actually, and we've done some crossover stuff, but that was, those were pure animated stuff that involved true. kaiju. So it's true. I'm talking about actual suit nations, you know, yeah. tokusatsu Cause, stuff. Yeah, because we discussed it. We just have, we've, no, we've never it. gotten in it. And never... I think I've said one way or another when Godzilla minus one oh, yeah. makes it to home video, we're going to do it on the show. Mm-hmm. And Nate's going to be our first call of as course. a guest on that. Of course. But, um, the reason I bring that up is that Godzilla Minus One just got re-released in theaters over here again. In black and, and white. Black and white. <laughs> yes, I saw that. I am tempted to go watch it tomorrow. I'm not surprised. Uh, is it is it airing in Tyler? Yeah, it's okay. not any closer. But I don't think it's got a decent showtime. That's my only issue. Oh, okay. Because it's only getting like a couple showings in the evening. So Okay. But either way. Um yeah, other than that, I think that is all we've got yeah. in the news. So why don't we go ahead and talk about some other giant monsters, though maybe not so much this week, Yeah, uh, with Evangelion. Yeah. Once again, that's Stephen He doing emotional damage, and Eagle Eight Burger made the Lost Four Kids opening of Evangelion. <laughs> I, I still got to say, this is a brilliant uh, bumper. It's I brilliant. tried. I tried. I, I, I'm tr- hoping I can do this. Do just as good a one when we do uh, on our next show. Yes, uh, Spy Family. But yeah, first episode of the evening: Angel Infiltration or. Lilliputian Hitcher. Lilliputian. Now, do you know what Lilliputian means? Uh, I've heard of the word. I just can't remember what it means. It comes from uh, a book. Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's Travels. You know, you've heard of Gulliver's Travels, I assume. Yeah. The the land of the small people that he goes to is named Lilliput. Oh, okay. So Lilliputian. Lilliputian. Yeah. Uh, They do use the term Hitcher here, which I think they meant Hitchhiker. Yes. (laughs) 
So yeah, Lilliputian Hitchhiker is what this name of this yeah. episode should be, or the secondary name yeah. should be. He is directed by Tensai Okamura and Masahiko Otsuka, and written by Hideaki Anno, Akio Satsukawa, and Mitsuo Iso. Summary for this one. During a simulation plug experiment, an angel with the ability to mimic computer circuitry begins to invade the Magi supercomputer system and trigger a self-destruct sequence. Ritsuko delves into the system's inner workings and leads a furious attempt to cancel the process. There is no new cast in this episode. Mm -hmm. Getting into the trivia, the angel that appears in this, technically, is Uriel. I'm probably saying that one wrong. Mm. Uh, Uriel is the first and only angel to be defeated without using an Evangelion at all. Mm -hmm. Ritsuko Akagi defeated it with her self-destruct program. This was the first angel to actually penetrate into nerve headquarters itself, albeit by hitching a ride on some newly installed components into the base. Still, it managed to advance further than any previous angel. Uriel seems to be primarily based on the Andromeda organism from Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Strain. Oh, one okay. of my favorite books. Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. This marks the first and only time that an angel is defeated without using Evangelion, as I mentioned before. Uh, this episode is also unique and then it involves the that it barely involves the Evangelions or any of the three Ava pilots. That's true. They just show up briefly at the beginning and end of the episode and play no significant part in the central plot. Yeah. Just magi. Apparently, the Nerve Special Order number 582 is the order to self-destruct Nerve Headquarters. Hmm. The names of the three Magi supercomputers are named after the three the traditional names for the three magi or wise men mm -hmm. that brought the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus after his birth, which are Melchior, Balthazar, and Caspar. Mm -hmm. Though here it is spelled Casper. It is. Like the friendly ghost. ghost. But I will I will accept that because Caspar of all the three is the one who has the most variations on his name traditionally. Yeah. Yes. Also be going as Gaspar, Jaspar, Jaspus, and Gaffaspa. You know, Gaffaspa sounds nothing like the other. No, they don't. The Fly Me to the Moon in this episode yes. is uh, sung by uh, Yoko Takahashi, who, of course, sings Cruel Angel's Thesis at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And this is the Acid Bait Basa version of hmm. the theme. So uh, what are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, this episode, well, like, it starts off interesting where our, our characters be like, oh, you can't wear a plug suit. <laughs> like okay this is interesting well i will say i didn't mention this but the three synthetic bodies yeah that they are testing out here yes they didn't even bother to put mechanical components on them no that's they did very painfully obvious yeah three giant human bodies yeah that's it and like, no one's you're not even hiding it from uh uh mitsuo at this point yeah true not that I think she didn't already know. No, but th this everyone is, but the pilots apparently knows. No. Yeah, the the overarching point of this story would be like the the pilots are literally they they are they're in they're in there more comedy relief kind of, and uh, and the the angel attacks. It's more like a virus, and it t it takes over Ray's plug suit. Or her her suit, yeah, and uh, they eject them, and we don't see them until the very end of the episode. Yeah, but it's they're, they're um, just laying on the side of a hill. No one's left. They're in a lake. Them. They're in the lake. <laughs> they're they're in the middle of nowhere. Is still what I'm saying. Yeah, they're in the middle and of nowhere. No one's bothered to come and try to get them. Granted, they've been a little distracted. No, because but, but 
if they hadn't just succeeded, it wouldn't matter where they were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I find it interesting because they're going to be like... Also, they, we only saw them launch Ava Unit 1. The other two yeah. that supposedly had to be launched also, yeah. we didn't actually see leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were just using stock footage for that. Yeah, exactly. This is not the only stock footage episode we're reviewing tonight. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, the next episode is literally just a, a clip show. A clip show, literally. The first half of it is anyway. Yes. Anyway, but uh, I I enjoy because you get this. Uh, you get uh, let me find who the characters are in this one. Uh, more like Ritsuko, and uh, yeah, it's it's more like a, a Ritsuko story. Yeah, am I saying that right? Ritsuko, Ritsuko, Ritsuko. Um, but it's more like her story and how she like the relationship, the dynamic she had with her mother. And uh, like how the uh, the magi is like different parts of her mother, and how that mm-hmm. relationship we have she has with that that uh, particular system, and uh, there again we get to more hang out with different characters than just the Ava pilots, and uh, it's it's a, a a refreshing thing. And they bring up uh, they bring up I think they bring up one point dummies the dummy plugs. Yeah, they bring that up. And that will play a very big part later on in the series, but we'll get there when we get there. I got the feeling even with the Magi, they were foreshadowing heavily on what's actually going on. Yeah. Because it's like, do we even need the pilots? Do we even need... I mean, obviously we can just copy their personalities Mm -hmm. into these machines. Could it be more than that? Could be, could it be? Anyway, anyways, like I, I enjoy this episode. I, it's, I would, it's, I would like to say that the problem with this being much, much like when we were doing Tangled. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers will just pop out at you doing research. Of course, I'm aware of a couple of things, especially uh, on the next one when they were explaining. Or no, this one when they were explaining why it attacked Ray's first. Yeah. On why they think it did? Because like, oh, maybe because she's closer to this thing. <laughs> why this was? Why it was dangerous? And it got into the central dogma. Yeah. Because it could be getting to this thing down here. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> hey, but the geeks, you need a spoiler section on your website. For your people who are going, we're reading this for the first time and doing the trivia. I should have had you researching trivia. But anyway, I think I said the same thing when we you did, did Tangled. You did. And did we do anything about it? No. You just got to spoil yourself, don't you? In all fairness, some of this I already do because of the rebuild, but that is true. Because they kind of they kind of jump on this fairly early in the second film. They do. They do. But overall, I enjoy it. There again, it's not a we we get the it's not a pilot centric episode. It's just the 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 um, the workers of of uh, the workers of crew, the workers of nerve, and their camaraderie and how they're trying to defeat this angel without an Ava. And it's it's very unique because it's okay. Yeah, this was a good episode. It was good. It was fun. It was had a, a nice tension to it they give you it's like okay like, are they gonna be able to do it it's like oh all i need is a second it's like a second <laughs> yes just one second mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's all you had. It, it always stops that one on the show. Exactly. Exactly. To quote a movie you don't like for some unknown reason. Yeah. I got to rewatch that movie anyway. You do. In a good light. In a good light. Where you can just sit and enjoy it instead yeah. of having to, to be uh, a critical about critical it. about it. Yeah. All right. You ready for the next one? Yes. Seal, the seed of the soul, a.k.a. weaving a story. Now, I'd like to point out before I get down to this, this entire coverage, you have corrected me on my pronunciation of seal. Seal-like. Yes. And I was curious now that they were finally getting to an episode where they're going to have to say the name out loud, yes. how do they actually pronounce it? Yeah. I don't know how ADV does it, but i like to point out two things. Okay. A, the guy with the visor on the council. Yes. Whose name I don't remember. He said seal. Yeah. He does. Later on, someone else mentions it and they say Sele. So they don't even know how to pronounce the stupid name. It probably makes more sense in Japanese, but moving Probably, on. Moving on. Uh, this <laughs> episode was directed by Masahiko Otsuka and Ken Ando and written by Hideaki Anno. Mm -hmm. In this episode, boy, the summary just goes ahead, goes straight for the jugular here. Mm -hmm. The Human Instrumentality Committee collects the past, collect, collect, recollects, recollects the past angel encounters and battles while Gendo conceals the matter of the recently discovered virus-like angel. Ray and Shinji under, undergo intercompatibility testing with their respective Evangelions, mm -hmm. but this experiment culminates in a strangely familiar incident. Berserk! There is no new cast in this episode. Yeah. Angel appearances. Every single previous angel on the show showed up here, except technically the one from the last episode. Yes. Uh, mentioned, but never seen. Mentioned, yeah. Technically, Ariel did not show up. Yes. We didn't even see a shot of the Magi computers or any of the weird lighting effects they had around the, the synthetic mm. bodies. Yes. At that point, I guess they figured they'd use too much stock footage. That is true. So I do, I do want to bring up one thing. Is I forgot about in the last episode. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So they they mentioned when the uh, the techno virus angel shows up, it affects Ray's unit. You, you hear her scream and they eject the plugs. Yeah, it's never mentioned of how Ray was doing afterwards. She must have survived because yeah, I mean, must have because we saw them later and, and they never touched. They haven't touched on it, so. And like another thing, I, I I forgot the the very end of the. She's a little the, introspective at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Oh, but. I agree. And the last episode, the very end, it was funny, was because the we realized the pilots are either a they're in the middle of the the mountains or they're floating in the middle of the lake. Just saying, they're in the middle of a field somewhere. Yeah. Really but hope it, the plugs have a GPS on them. Yeah, it's true. And they're without their plug suits. So they can't leave. No, they can't. Anyway, back to this episode. Yes, back to this episode. This is the first mention of Sele's use mm -hmm. of the Dead Sea Scrolls as a guide for their scenarios. Dead Sea Scrolls, come on. Had nothing to do with this. No, <laughs> after, nothing. After mentioning the Ava, zero, zero, Ava Unit Zero Berserk incident, Mitsuyuki himself feels that Gendo is too concerned with Ray. No, you think? According to the radio broadcast heard in the background, when Asuka is laying in bed, political unrest is still taking place. 
in the Nansha Islands in the form of terrorist suicide bombings. 12 years after China and Vietnam went to war over control of the island's group resources in 2003 as a result of post-Second Impact tensions. Mm-hmm. Ritsuko and Maya discuss how the mutual compatibility experiment's relative success means that they will now be able to move forward with the development of the Dummy Plug project, mm-hmm. though Maya expresses trepidation about it. Animation goof. Briefly, when Asuka's taunting Shinji, when the shot is focused on Asuka again, and she she's asking about why everyone always pampers Shinji, the visual intercom box with Shinji displaying inside says that he is broadcasting from Ava Unit 1, yeah. even though for this episode only, he's actually in Ava Unit 0. Mm-hmm. This is the second time that Ava Unit 0 has gone berserk for no clear reason. Of course, this is because uh, Ava Unit 0 going berserk here is just a reuse of the footage of it going berserk back in Episode 5. They just recolored it. <laughs> yeah. Ray's simulation body connected to Ava Unit Zero was also infected by the Angel Uriel last episode. In similar fashion, the simulation body Ray was in raised its hand towards the control box, but Ritsko blew its arm off with demolition charges before it could do anything. But th- there's there's another thing because how the uh, how the system is connected to the pilots. But like you blew the arm, you literally blew Ray's arm off. <laughs> yeah, so she was in pain. Yeah, exactly. They just don't care about Ray. At all. Well, somebody does. But, somebody but does. But apparently not Ritsko. Yeah, apparently. I wonder if that is foreshadowing anything. I wonder why. <laughs> the shoulder armor pylons on Evangelions do not actually contain any biological part of the Ava underneath the armor. The entire pylon is just an extension of the Ava's outer armor. As seen here, the pylons, uh, the pylons can actually be removed should the need arise, in this case, to fit them into external restraints. Besides Ava Unit 0, both Ava Unit 1 and Ava Unit 2, which always had shoulder armor pylons, are here seen without them. Of course, the real reason is that the original Ava Unit 0 didn't have them. That is true. (laughs) This is just a recolor. But I will say, in that earlier shot, when they actually show, like, the full biological head of Ava Unit 1, yeah, for, like, so you can get a real good look at it because it's on screen for like half a minute. Yeah. So it's like, boy, you're just not hiding it anymore, are you? <laughs> you can't see those little shoulder things there yeah. either. So no. during the clip show montage of images from earlier in the series, a shot is shown of when Shinji fell on Ray in episode five with his hand falling directly on Ray's chest. When this episode aired on Adult Swim, the shot was edited out of the episode. Of course, the brief shot of Shinji's hand on Ray's chest was edited out of episode 5 as well when it originally aired on Adult Swim, so the flashback to a removed scene was simply not used. But what I find interesting about this whole thing is Adult Swim edited this? I've watched anime that's aired on Adult Swim, even from this era. They didn't edit crap. (laughs) And they edited this? It's, it's, they showed worse than this. Yeah, they, they, they show worse in the movie. Let's just say that. I'm sure they do, but it's a movie. So it's like, Adult Swim. You were young Adult Swim that night, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. We got to think about the kiddos. <laughs> Who should be asleep by now. That is true. Since the rest of the time we're showing crap like Squidbillies and other nonsense that no child should ever be, no adult should be watching either for that matter, in my opinion. Fly Me to the Moon in this one is sung by Ray. It is a solo and it is the normal version. Ah. So. 
The Clip Show. Yes. I would like to point out that Netflix has used the shot of the infinity of rays mm-hmm. in like their, uh, as their, uh, what do you call that? The thumbnail image mm-hmm. for like every time I go to watch this on Netflix, I'm going, you pulled from the clip show. I've been wondering what this is for the past 12 episodes or mm-hmm. since I started watching it. Yeah. And this is just Ray's introspection mm-hmm. of, is she? I don't even know what she's talking about for most of this. Other than she's thinking about who she is in relation to everything else. So, I mean, it's technically an existential speech. Yes. But it's like, I don't know what's going on. I thought this was just a clip show for like the first, because for the first 10 minutes, um, it was a clip it's show. It's just a clip show. I was going, how far into this are you going? And granted, this was the first episode where they actually said the names of all the angels because yeah. they all these names i keep bringing up yeah they're never mentioned. they never said them in the show exactly so they actually use them here it's like okay that's kind of cool and then ray starts into this monologue and going i don't know what you're talking about ray how did she... this was something lost in translation from japanese i don't know mm. and then you get into the rest of this and obviously they're the rest of this, they're they're plugging on some, they're foreshadowing stuff that's going into this, and this really does feel like they just realized they were canceled and had to, and we're only gonna we're gonna have to stop in in what ten episodes from now, or is it twelve? It's a couple episodes from yeah, now, but obviously, obviously they knew when their last episode was, and it was. It looks like, and this is a guess, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it really does look like they realized we only have this many episodes left. We need to get back on track from our Monster of the Week stuff we were doing, mm. even though looking at some of the names of upcoming episodes, there's still Monster of the Week stuff going on. Kind of. But it was like, we need to actually do, you know, real stories here. So yeah. let's remind everyone what happened for the last couple episodes, and we'll bring back the conference room people we saw in the second episode that we never touched on ever again until uh-huh. now. And then, it was like, yeah, it's like, well... If this is how you're going to play catch up to make sure you can finish this show with mm-hmm. in any semblance of making sense, fair, fair enough. Yeah, agreed. I I do like the fact that like uh, Oscar does bring up why why do they kind of pamper to Shinji a lot because He's like in, Gendo's kid, even if Gendo doesn't like him, they're not going to piss Shinji off. That is true, and just like, like they're not going to uh, piss uh, Ray off either because she's obviously Gendo's favorite. Yeah. Or they're like Atsuka is like the one who's got it all easy. She doesn't have to do all these extra tests because she's just completely incompatible with the other two. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Spoilers. <laughs> spoiler alert. A little bit here or there. Wait, wait. It's like, wait, it's like if I, if, since I know the spoilers and I know things, of course, Asuka can't participate. She has nothing in common with these two. That is true. She's only the third. From a biological and spirological. Spirological? That's a term now. Spirological point of view. That's a, that, that, I'm officially calling that a word now. Spirological. Okay, spirological. Put it on a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Buy it on the Cellcast merch 
store that doesn't actually exist next week. <laughs> we do actually have a store on Redbubble. Go there. Yeah, anywhere stuff. <laughs> Please buy merch. But uh, yeah. I enjoy the episode because it does start diving a little bit into be like, you know, this. It is a clip show. It is a clip show, but it does kind mm-hmm. of it'd be like you get Ray's introspective of be like, am I human? What am I? This and this and this. And then you get the the berserk. You get this, you get this, you get this. Be like a lot of they're starting to build things up. Yeah. And this, this does feel like they're just trying to remind you mm-hmm. of all these things they've introduced over there, but they're afraid might have got lost in the shuffle. In, in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's it's great. Uh, you have let me see a lot of tests, a lot of tests, berserk test. Why is Shinji so? Uh, why this? Why this? And uh, you you can see where the Oscar's getting a little perturbed about things. <laughs> Okay, hang on. When is Asuka not perturbed? This is the angriest girl I've ever seen. Yeah, well, we'll find that out. I have never seen her happy in this show. Not really. Mm. And yeah, when she's piloting Rava, yeah, she's really happy. Mm -hmm. But she only got to do that unencumbered once. That is true. And then she became a fishing lure for a giant uh, Leviathan angel. Yeah. So we saw how well that worked. (laughs) Yeah. Here... Angel, 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 fishy, fishy, fishy. Enjoy this battleship. It's like, come on, Oscar. <laughs> You're better than this. Why do we, why, why does everybody like you? I don't understand. You're not Annie, thank the Lord. Oh, but, good night. <laughs> but I can see why people may have created her to be like you and failed miserably. Yes, agreed. Like I was, I was talking with uh, Nate Marchand. Yeah, because he, he does not like Oscar. He does not like Oscar. And honestly, I've always I, liked Oscar. I, I understand from his point of view, especially after his rant on Annie, because he felt a lot more strongly about Annie than we did. Yeah, just just a little bit. <laughs> just a little. And we didn't like her either. But and, I, and I'm watching this going, oh yeah, this is kind of like Annie, but with Grace, <laughs> a little bit. Because I actually kind of like uh, Oscar, but Annie is just like, Will you shut up. Yeah, well, at least with this, like, Asuka be, like, like later down the line, we get to understand, like, what's going on with her, like, what is her brokenness, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and granted, this is probably why I'm already giving her, like, a lot of grace myself, is mm-hmm. because in the process of doing this research, I've come across things I wasn't supposed to know yet, and I'm going, oh, that's why. Okay, I actually understand her point of view. I understand where she's coming from. She's... She's just one of those kind of people. Yeah. She's probably in love with Shinji. I'm not going to say a word. You're saying she's not a sundere? Did I just use a word you've never come across? No, I have heard of a sundere. I just don't know. Give me the definition of what that is. Okay, so it's two words from Japanese. Dere, which is short for dere dere, which is like the sound of the heart. Oh, uh, thumping. Yeah. So love basically heart pounding yeah uh which doki doki is also heart pounding so i don't know okay uh and sundar is like i don't remember what the word actually means but basically in this context it's of course i of course i uh why do you think i love you you idiot you baka kind of a thing she's in love but she's 
methinks she doth protest too much. Just wait till the next episode. Am I right? <laughs> you might be. We'll see in we'll two see. weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, after we kick our friend Chase off the show because he doesn't want to watch Evangelion. Oh, come on, Chase. <laughs> I'm not forcing anybody to watch anything they don't want to watch. Fair. Fair. Which I need to get back with him on that. But anyway, so we have anything else to add on this before we no, get out of here? Uh, Looking forward to the uh, the anniversary episode, uh-huh. and then we are doing after that because we did not mention what we were doing after that. Yeah, Labyrinth. Labyrinth is the next yes. film we're reviewing. I love Labyrinth. And uh, Chase, it was on our. Uh, he did have this one reserved. Okay. So, and it wasn't until I realized we could just use our normal system for it. But it doesn't matter if he's across town. <laughs> That's true. Because the holdup was, how do I get three people in here? I don't know how to get three people in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Join us in two weeks for that, along with Lies in Silence and The Sickness Unto Death. And then we're getting into the really long episode names. Yeah, we are. For this. But, yeah, join us for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. anything this week guys me either and that's the end i guess yes mm-hmm.